Welcome into another episode of the Analysis, where Matt and Bob, we're here to pod. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Promising Young Woman, uh, and just kind of catching up with some loose ends uh, as the, the Oscar season ramps up uh, in this weird year where films that came out in 2020 and kind of the beginning of this year are eligible. Um, a lot of films are held back, but uh, we're still getting some of the prestige dramas and heavy hitters coming out uh, direct to stream. So we'll, we'll do a little give it a stream episode here. Give you it a stream. Button. Give it a stream. Sign my stream. I <laughs> love our little catch-ups, buddy. I love our little water cooler chatties. Yeah, well, it's because there's no... There's no water cooler of the moment anymore, right? You kind of have. This to, is the water cooler. You have to, yeah, you have to generate your own sort of buzz because uh, uh, people, you know, there's just like film dumps. So right now, uh, the video on demand in theater rentals are News of the World with uh, Tom Hanks, Paul Greengrass movie, and Promising Young Woman, which of course features the breakout tour de force performance of Sam Richardson at Detroit. <laughs> Second City improv comedian. Ooh, this fucking fedora. Thought, I'm obviously kidding. It's Carrie Mulligan in a role of her career. Uh, she's 35. She plays a 30-year-old um, stay-at-home uh, a medical school dropout. Um, well, let me get your, your just initial reactions to this, Bob, because it's kind of it's a buzzy film. I think a lot of people are, are kind of seeking this out. Yeah, buzzy is a good way to state my feelings about it right now because I'm still buzzing after seeing this. I'm going to put this in my top two or three movies this year. I Not that they're directly compared to one another, but this movie has more of my affections than, say, Chicago 7. Okay. A movie that I really liked. And it's going to be something that I really love to have conversations with people on, impact, <clears throat> having just having dialogue around unpacking its themes and, and its impact on people. It's also kind of a challenging movie to recommend to a lot of people because its marketing makes it seem like it's this thriller, this kind of murder-esque, um, almost like a Tarantino-type movie. And... It really has a lot of deeper themes than that and a lot of really important things to say. And it's really a movie of the time. I think having a movie come out where the central drama is staged in a society that protects sexual offenders, turning a mirror into the way we have conversations in this space, uh, the mistreatment and mm -hmm. the um, just general uh, volume at which this happens. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to either know someone that has been in a, a, an experience uh, like this movie talks about or um, has uh, dealt with it directly or a friend. For me, this movie absolutely executed. Uh, it was incredibly entertaining. It was shocking. It uh, hit me in a, in a lot of different emotions. It was also sweet and fun and funny at certain times. And by claiming that it's in 
my top couple movies this year, obviously that goes to, to state its impact on me and I couldn't recommend a movie any higher this year. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating movie. Um, I mean, right on the cover it says "Earth Shattering Masterpiece," and, and like I don't know if I would go that far, but, That's fair. but but I feel like we're seeing almost like the modern movie, and this is kind of it's breaking a lot of molds. It's also all over the place, but in kind of a fun way. Like it's a character study. It's an exploitation thriller. It's a Me Too fantasy revenge thriller. Um, it, so it it, it kind of. And it also upends a lot of genre tropes, right? It, it kind of makes fun of the 90s where, you know, like I, I think it's referenced at the end where it's like, what, you, you just killed a stripper at your bachelor party? Like, oh, what is this, the, the um, film from the 90s? So I, I think it's obviously like referencing like very bad things, like a Matt Dillon movie. Yeah, yeah. Like th this deeply dark comedy, except our protagonist is killed. And then we shift to the point of view of what, a movie in the 90s would usually focus on is that these drunk bachelors murdering a stripper, although this faceless stripper, we don't really see her point of view, and this is kind of that movie. So it's like, hey, you know all those movies you guys like that were dark comedies? Well, how about if we actually gave some personality to the female characters in those movies, and what what, what might that look like? And then you're kind of jarred, right? When, like, I mean, obviously this is a spoiler podcast, but um, when... Uh, when she's when when the protect the main character is is dead and then the 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 end of the movie you're like oh shit and you're kind of awoken to the movie you're you're used to seeing exactly like, oh and, and now we follow these douchebags that cover up the murder and go on with their lives oh wait a minute uh, we get a little thirteen reasons why at the end which I just because I hate that show so much I was kind of bugged by that a little bit but I think it's still executed pretty in a cool way. Well, you're talking about a lot of things that I think we can unpack in terms yeah. of yeah the, the movie structure. And the first place I want to go that seems like you've already mentioned is that there's a lot of tone changes in this movie. For example, there is a scene where Bo Burnham, who's actually really mm -hmm. good in yeah. this, is dancing around with Carrie Mulligan to Paris Hilton music. And you're like, oh, this is actually a really good romantic comedy almost like a rom-com but that's only a small window or part of this movie yeah the rom-com gets a little little tiny play there but, but yeah and and they give you a traditional rom-com montage and they're eating cereal and <laughs> they are eating ice cream and it buttons up with them doing pillow talk in bed but really that's not the tone for the first three quarters of this movie where it's almost kill bill and she's got the list in her notebook and she's scratching mm -hmm. off people that have done her wrong or people she's taught a lesson to. And every time that Roman numeral comes in, you're like, OK, this is another person that screwed over Nina. Yeah, it's very Tarantino-esque with like the chapter breaks. Uh, let me just uh, I want to ask you about the Roman numerals, because in watching the trailer, you think this is almost like like a hard candy sort of like a, it looks like it's an action movie. Yeah, or like a murder revenge people uh, in like this gleeful way. Uh, as like this this sadistic revenge in a in a fun dark comedy uh, sort of way, but she's just kind of making them feel uncomfortable and just kind of giving them a talking to, and then walking out with with no re <laughs> with absolutely no repercussions. Well, even in that Wait, so first scene, I don't... 
where she's with Jerry and he gets to the bed and it's that really uncomfortable scene where you start seeing him pull down her panties and man, that shit was so uncomfy. But it's when she does the, what are you doing? I said, breaking it, what are you doing? And then she's walking later and you think she's got blood on her leg from murdering this guy, (laughs) but it happens to just be ketchup from her hot dog. I thought she was eating a jelly donut. Oh, was it? Was it a jelly donut? Shit. I thought it was a yeah. I thought it was a hot dog. But anyway, I digress. Just even in that moment, it keeps you off base with what yeah, your expectation you're kinda, is. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of kept on your toes. Although I I guess I'm still confused about is she just scaring these men? And then she's she's I mean she's marking down what posterity? It's an like, atonement. I mean, creeps are out it's, there. Well, it's an atonement, right? And she okay. is out it's like there. Like the cat of nine tails. Yeah, exactly. So she feels guilty that she was not at the party that Nina was at, where all the terrible transgressions happened against her. And so she has dropped out of school to care for her friend. That's part of the atonement. And also, now that she's committed suicide, going out to her neighborhood in the surrounding nightlife and giving these guys a direct lesson in terms of how ridiculous and how completely unacceptable their behavior is their predatorial sexual behavior is especially towards drunk women yeah because all the people she's targeting kind of classify themselves as as nice guys exactly and the idea of a nice guy is brought up several times here and that's why bo burnham works so well in this role is because if you were to define a nice guy throughout the first three quarters of this movie bo burnham is that And that's why you're getting those rom-com elements. And later in the movie, when the chips are down and he has a chance to make up for some of those terrible behaviors that you see, he doubles down on his selfish behavior. And that's one of the things that the director's saying is oftentimes in these circumstances, these offenders define themselves as nice guys. Yeah, and you look at the cast, it's all these like kind of, Comedians that have built nice guy personas, you know, like, uh, uh, I mean, a phenomenal cast as well. Fucking uh, Max Greenberg, uh, who's Schmidt and uh, New Girl. And then we mentioned Sam Richardson. Shout out Detroit. Adam Brody. Yeah, he's exactly. Always in All nice guys. Like right. And even uh, McLovin. Right. McLovin's in this. Movie. Yeah. McLovin. At right. first I'm like, why did they cast him? Because quite frankly, I don't think he's a very good actor. But when you <laughs> right. think about it, he first made his fame in Superbad, where he plays a dorky kid that's trying to get girls wasted with him to have sex with him, right? Yeah, that's right. And so, again, we're playing with this idea of now that actor is grown, he's playing a similar type character, but grown, but still making the same mistakes. And so I think even the casting of these guys, Brody or McLovin is very deliberate and is communicating a message. Yeah, I think it, everything is really considered. What an incredible debut, by the way. So this is Emerald Fennel, written and directed. A uh, little fun fact for any uh, Anglophiles out there. She plays Camilla. Camilla, Camilla Parker Bowles. Yeah, Parker yes. Bowles, yeah. In the latest episode Mommy, of The Crown, we finally got... I love Camilla. Sorry, as my shitty uh, yes. Prince <laughs> Charles. That's not bad. 
Because I'm happy, mummy. <laughs> um, no, yeah, she uh, she's great, man. Uh, what, what, who'd have thought? So anyway. freaking talented, and she kills her part on the crown, but then to come out and hit an absolute grand slam in your first motion picture, your first feature, she might get nominated for Best Director and Best uh, Original Screenplay. I think that's uh, likely, uh, if not very possible. Um yeah, you mentioned uh, some of the music, like the Paris Hilton. I, th- I think music is really cool and important to this movie as well. I mean, you look at the the poster. I mean, she kind of looks like Britney Spears right right up top from uh, you know, Oops, I Did It Again or or, um, or something. But and then I I love the 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 cello cover yeah. of Toxic. It I think the as she's yeah I think the that whole bit that whole sequence of her putting on the lipstick, getting ready in the car with the clown wig on all the way up to yeah. at the door, slipping into the red shoes. That's going to be an iconic sequence, I believe for years to come. Yeah. At least in this awards uh, cycle anyway. I mean, I, 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 you know, Steven Soderbergh is producing this year in ceremony. Um, you know, I mean, who really cares about the Oscars right now, but I think I'm still interested to see what he does with it. And I think they'll use that heavily in sort of, you know, promo material or, uh, come the showtime, it'll be used in kind of the, uh, the little cutups they do vignettes. Um, but yeah, just a really well executed, uh, thought provoking genre bending movie. Um, and we haven't got a lot of really juicy i mean there's been some good stuff right i mean you, you've talked about soul is yeah, definitely soul. one of the best films of the year uh ma rainey's black bottom mm-hmm. uh definitely some some good weighty themes to, to dive into but i mean just with theaters being closed i mean not since tenant and and then chicago seven has there been like an event picture that's really generated buzz and this is this is i, I could see why you have it in your top three um it, it's definitely worth uh, watching and discussing and uh I can't wait to see more from Emerald Fennel. Yeah, I also want to just take a minute or two here and talk about Carrie Mulligan. And at the top of our conversation, you mentioned that it's the best performance of her career, which is really saying something because she's had a really stellar career so far. I don't want to get into a full case four here, but... It started off with an education, which was great, Love and then yeah. you got uh, Drive, which I thought was a really great movie, and is something that's hung around with me for the last 10 years. Shame was something that I really loved. She's Daisy Buchanan in Great Gatsby, which is also interesting because the fake name she uses when she goes to speak to the dean is also Daisy, I believe. Yeah. And she's she's been in obviously some some movies here and there over the last ten years which have have mm. been impactful. But this movie is easily the most electric that she most electric. Had. I think is a great word. I I don't want to I don't want to paint myself in a corner of saying this is the best performance of her career. I just think it's a, a tour de force and an incredible role for her, especially something to branch out into. But yes, very electric because like usually she is the 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 great Gatsby era so I mean, she fits that world so well and you can see it in an education and Never Let Me Go was a cool movie where it's her and Keira Knightley and uh, and and Spider Man um, she so and then Drive and Shame she kind of is playing a little bit off type we're kind of much more more of a troubled uh, grittier performance but this is kind of I mean she gets to 
really sink her teeth and just go buck wild. I, I, it was really cool to watch. From the first frame, from that first moment where she snaps out of it and says, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. What the hell? And then you flow into the scene with the construction workers. But when she's at the coffee shop and she's talking with her coworker, and you just get a sense that she's got a lot of baggage that she can't display or that she doesn't want to talk about or communicate with people. And it's just a really challenging thing to have to communicate is having something that's on your chest or having something and, and not having any dialogue to communicate that. But just having the audience be able to read that is is really skillful. And, and I was really invested in her character. In movies like this, you have to be invested in the character for them to really work. And you're absolutely pulling for her. And you are looking through your fingers with shock and horror when the knee goes on the pillow. I know. And you're like, oh my God. And, and that scene just goes on forever and, and it's just very squirm-worthy. But, or when she's coming out of the bar with Sam Richardson and, and Burnham passes by and you're like, uh, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, Oh Jesus, this sucks! I, you just knew something. You knew that lifestyle was eventually going to come up or have something to to bring some chaos into that relationship. But you were pulling for that relationship, and so I'm sitting there and I'm just very emotionally invested in the character's journey. I want those Roman numerals to get crossed off. I want the people that have done wrong to get their comeuppance. I want this journey to come to a successful resolution. And I also love that at the end, she wears Nina's pennant. So almost posthumously, it's Nina's pennant that ends up getting Al. And that that all just made me feel great. It made me feel right. that, uh, th- that release of them and, and the text message from Cassie and Nina, all of that. Uh, was was really well Seek done. Revenge, yeah, it's 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 great, man. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely the movie that uh, Taylor and Kim had to go have a beer with after watching. Uh, I mean, what a set of parents, too. I mean, you got Stifler's mom, and then uh, Captain Hadley from Shawshank Redemption. Um, just just really great. I mean, for a first time director, how do you compile such an all star list? And obviously, you know, she's in the industry, and she's definitely got some high levels of respect. Yeah, well, cool. I mean, that's uh, highly recommend, and uh, let's uh, give it a, give it a stream. Uh, Twenty bucks um, to do the in theater. I'm sure a few, uh, in a few months now it'll drop down to the rental price. Um, all right, cool. So moving on, to just kind of want to touch base on some of the other um, some of the best movies of the year that kind of got dropped towards the end. Um, I mean, you know, they've been held onto for a long time. They, they debuted uh, in film festivals last year and in 2019 uh sound of metal was one that you and i both really enjoyed or we haven't got a chance to talk about it uh i saw this a few months ago but um riz ahmed uh could be up for you know best actor this year definitely in contention i think that's uh he was incredible but what i'd really like to talk about is just how insane the the sound direction was on that it really kind of puts you in into that experience i thought it was great yeah it goes without saying that the sound direction in this movie is truly a breakthrough and and worth the price of admission and sometimes it's great to come in and check in on a movie that has some sort of breakthrough and sometimes it's acting 
obviously sometimes it's directing or cinematography and sometimes it's fucking sound and it this reminds me of the way it's able to create an atmosphere and you can't laugh at me you have to promise promise me right now that you won't laugh at me but it reminds me of the movie chef that was directed and oh, yeah, starred that 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 cubano yeah 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 with john favreau and in that movie they set up a lot of sound to give you a sensory image of what was happening and he creates he makes a sandwich and you could hear the crunch of the sandwich or the the frying of the cheese and it really I was like, oh fuck! Yeah, like I was like, this this sound is really taking this movie to another. It's very me- sensory. Exactly, and it was taking the movie to another level, and the same way this does, to where you're really able to sit in the same seat as this person, and, and you're almost losing your hearing. Uh, in in the distortion of the audio along with him and it makes you more mm-hmm. sympathetic and it really makes the journey as intense as his journey's happening in real time and that's that's great i loved how kind of raw it was right like you know heavy metal music makes me uncomfortable yeah so it's it, fucking scary yeah we, so that kind of helped sort of just have this kind of your this unease and and then it's just like and then you hear that really tinny sound when he gets his the implant he's like this no 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 this is wrong this is i i thought i was supposed to get my hearing back and then the all the realizations of like well maybe i didn't have it so bad and the the guy that was saying like this is not a disability blah 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 um it actually was a blessing in disguise obviously and it allowed him to connect and kind of slow down and um yeah that's yeah just... being able to sit and being able to be at peace is is part of the discovery and the journey right mm-hmm. and yeah it makes you take for granted or it makes you feel like you take for granted those little moments those little sounds and they do a really nice job at the top of this movie when they're living in that camper and you hear the drips of the coffee and you hear these little nuances that eventually get taken away from him and will be taken away from him forever and you're like man what a what a tragedy that is. Yeah, well it kind of uh it's a kind of works as a companion piece to soul, right? Where mm, it's, good point. Uh, the the spark um she she finds is just just the little moments of living and you know like a, a little uh you know a leaf falling to the ground um is is just you know just living and appreciating the little things. Um and yeah, we can kind of talk about maybe how the pandemic has forced us to kind of uh, it's it's like you know suddenly being deaf and just kind of having to like you know be stuck in your house. You got to appreciate what you know what you were taking for granted, being out in the world and and just living your life. Um, so you know trying to find uh, a, you know silver linings it was important for you know, Riz Ahmed's character and he he's able to grow from it. I I think it's a cool message, but yeah, again, just it it was really awesome to see. Yeah, like a breakthrough in sound mixing, sound design, uh, with with creating something no one could. I guess you know they they must have consulted with people that have this operation. They're like, well, kind of, because I used to hear, and it's like if this were to happen. So they're just kind of making it up, right? They're making up this feedback noise. Um, is a really cool invention of of technology. I absolutely agree with you that the invention of the technology helps bring the story home. And 
I think that the story also has really poignant things to say about disability in general. It reminds me of this play that I saw in Steppenwolf here in Chicago that was called Tribes. And it was this English family that had a son that was deaf, but they didn't want themselves or him to ever feel like he was a, a, a citizen that was different than anybody else or had a disability. So they actually wouldn't teach him sign language, but forced him to learn lip syncing. That he would he would read their lips and be able to follow the conversation. But oftentimes the family was very well spoken. They were very intelligent, and the conversation would move so fast that they he would say, "Hey, what what dad just say?" And they'd say, "Oh, it wasn't important. It was just something silly." But like, who the hell are you guys to decide what's relevant and what's important to me or not? And so the journey of that was definitely everyone needs to understand it and accept this. And we all need to learn sign language together and and really just embracing the fact that this is is a life and it's not something that needs to be fixed. And that's that's something that's really important. And that's why it's so hurtful to the person that runs that group. I think that was an incredible performance, but it's yeah. also just so hurtful uh, to, to them in general that he goes and, and feels like it's a, a disability that needs to get fixed in order for him to move on. And then finally, just his behavior towards his girlfriend, he says, it looks like an addict's behavior. Oh, it looks yeah, like an addict's sure. lifestyle. He also is an addict, so he's kind of very... And he's he's sober, but then he he's his addiction has moved to other things. And it's so obvious when he's like hawking all of his goods. He's like, look, I just need I just need five grand, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. And he's like, all right, well, all right, well, this this is this sounds like an addict. All right, we'll just uh -huh. forget it. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he goes within her and he's he's kind of he's mooching off of the, the rich dad, blah, blah, blah. And and then he has that realization at, at the end. I mean, what just again, incredible mixing where we're, we're kind of. Where we're hearing the the speech and the lovely, you know, it's like a birthday thing, right? And there's like this whole crowd of people. We're hearing like these lovely speeches, and then it kind of just morphs into what he's been hearing the whole time. And he's just st standing there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a nightmare. Yeah, and then he just we just lock onto his eyes and just like this. This is he's like, oh my god, I made such a mistake. Yeah, but he's um, at the end. He's able to find peace that peace that he's been waiting for the whole movie the peace that he hasn't been able to find at the end he comes to terms with everything and he's able to unplug and and just be at peace with himself in that silence yeah right he like sits in that park bench just in silence yep watching the, the kids play in. with the skateboard yeah. but he's able to to sit and be at peace and be at peace with himself in his life and that was part of the journey that he yeah. had been seeking the whole yeah. time awesome um I think uh, where where would you have that? And I mean, I think it's Riz Ahmed, and then uh, we got Chadwick Boseman. Anyone else you want to put up and put uh, it out? No, nah, yeah, not off the top of my head. I I don't think there's anyone in Chicago Seven that would be. Oh, I think they're gonna run Abby Hoffman. Um, yep, but would he be lead? Yeah. I don't. I'm not sure if he would be lead or if he would be. Um, supporting. Uh, I, I don't think so. I think he. Uh, who knows? I, I don't know. That that that's a tough call there on on who they run and, and what. Uh, but yeah, anything else you want to recommend uh, to give it a stream? Yeah, give it a stream. Uh, this is an oldie, but I just watched it and 
really enjoyed it. A, a little bit of Groundhog's Day, even just watching it, because it draws from the themes, but Palm Springs. Yeah, that movie's a blast. Uh, yeah. I saw that when I when <laughs> well, uh, Andy Samberg, but definitely worth some some quality laughs. I found myself really digging it. Oh, it's 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 such a blast. Definitely a fun hang. I mean, it's it doesn't totally rip off Groundhog Day. It does kind of get into more of the science of it, and yeah, I, it's great. Yeah, definitely recommend that as well. Uh, one for me, um, my guy Mads Mikkelsen in the, a Norway uh, film, Another Round. It's a, a bunch of teachers kind of go through a midlife crisis, and uh, what one of the philosopher of the group says he read some. Um, there's like the, this saying by a, a you know well-known German philosopher about how um, the human body is uh, deficient by 0.5 percent alcohol in the bloodstream. So they conduct a spare experiment while they day drink to kind of raise their level of blood alcohol content. But they don't drink after eight and they don't drink on the weekends. It's just to improve their social um, abilities and mood during the day in accordance with uh, this philosopher's teachings. And then obviously the, so they're like, well, let, let's go farther. Let's go deeper. And then you can kind of guess what happens. But yeah, but it's really fun, but it's also got a lot to say about dealing with kind of grief and, and, and you know, um, letdowns and just boredom and midlife crises. And uh, it's great. And, and then uh, what, what, what Mads does at the end is actually really fun to see as well. So I recommend that one big time. Great, great tease. That is a professional radio tease right yeah, there. Like that? Yeah, yeah, that's a good sell. That's a good. I, you have sold me on watching this now. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, what he does at the end, nice. Uh, and I, I can't let us get out of here without, uh, you know, it's MLK Day. We're recording on a Monday, uh, so let's give um, uh, One Night in Miami some love. Uh, this is um, uh, Regina King directorial debut. Uh, it's a fictional imagining of a meeting one night in Miami between. Muhammad Ali, who at the time was Cassius Clay, uh, Malcolm X, and uh, Sam Cooke, and also Jim Brown. Um, I don't know if they were actually even friends or kind of where the reality breaks with the fiction, um, but uh, it's very much like play to screen, kind of like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, but it's cool. I mean, uh, she does a great job with the adaption. Uh, it's obviously very poignant um the you know the black experience in america just doesn't seem to ever really improve so all these films about the 50s and 60s it's they're very relevant so unfortunately still relevant and we need to keep making them to make the point and it's it's just sad that we haven't moved past some of the things where people are wearing 60s clothing and, and 50s clothing or 40s clothing, we're, we're still fighting the same battles, but we got to continue to fight them and fight them in movies even. And so for me, the last thing that I did see of note was Wonder Woman 84, which was a piece of shit. And we don't really need to get into breaking it down. Yeah, I, I heard people, you know, diehard DC Marvel guys are bummed. Uh, I had no interest. I, I didn't see the original. Um, and then once you tell me uh, what's his name isn't even in the, the next one, then, you know, I'm out. 
Uh, all right, well, that that wraps up uh, Give It A Stream. Uh, good to get your thoughts on some of these. I know we've kind of uh, haven't... Give It A Stream! Good to chat, bud. Yeah, some good stuff out there, for sure. Absolutely. Promising Young Woman, 1999. Worth the, the buy-in. A few other things, some good laughs out there, yeah. some good feels. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, cool. And then may- maybe next time we'll have seen uh, News of the World. Um, that's, that's really... Uh, Minari, uh, which I think comes out of, uh, it's an Asian film, and then also Nomadland with um, Francis McDormand. Uh, Francis McDormand, yeah. So those those are kind of the the last of the awards contenders, uh, and they'll be dropping pretty soon. I think towards the end of the month. So, hi right, man, let's do it. Cut it there. Yeah, and, uh, let's cut it. This was really fun, man. Yeah, let's go watch some stuff. Everybody, thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Wash your hands and. Bye. Bye.